Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. Lots of conversation these days about boycotts. Someone, a company or a governmental entity has done something that we don't like and we need to uh, abandon them. We need to leave. We need to stop buying their soda. We need to not hold events in their states. And these conversations in and around sports in particular have been going on for many decades. Uh, I'm going to get to the upcoming Olympics in Tokyo and Beijing in a little bit. But I want to start by just giving some context on these things and why I am really not a fan of these kinds of boycotts. And to be sure, I, I have counted myself as a maybe a quiet part of boycotts in the past. Chick-fil-A just bugged me for a long time that the fact that they were their their foundation was giving a lot of money to really anti-gay causes that really bugged me so i pretty quietly just bought my chicken sandwiches elsewhere not, not that i eat a heck of a lot of fried chicken sandwiches uh, so so i i get people making uh individual decisions um but but these these mass scale boycotts just often they don't sit well with me for I mean for a lot of key reasons and let me just start by saying what I'm not talking about what I'm not talking about is a conversation that's going on around the NCAA and trans policies and where they're going to be hosting championships so the NCAA has a responsibility to host its championships in locations where athletes can participate freely uh, and safely. And if a state like Texas passes a law that says it is illegal for a trans woman to compete in a women's championship, the NCAA has a responsibility to not host that championship there. It would be the same if they, if back in the days of the South, they said that black and white athletes can't uh, compete uh, together. And, and so what this isn't is, you know, talking about, well, I don't really like that trans policy or I don't like that gay policy, but the athletes can still participate freely. That's not what we're talking about. In places like Texas, they're talking about banning trans women from championships. And, and this has a very real practical uh, um, realization because CC Telfer a couple of years ago won a national championship in division two in Texas. So it's not as though these bands, um, well, we, you know, we don't even know if they would have an effect on anyone. We know that in 2019, they would have had an effect. So that's not what I'm talking about. That kind of decision by the NCAA is really part of its responsibility. You, you can't host the championship if the state won't allow some of the athletes to compete. It's like saying, you know, Texas saying, well, you know, we don't like what's going on in Massachusetts, so we're banning athletes from Massachusetts, right? It, it's it's, it's a, a, a similar thing. So that's not what I'm talking about. That kind of, that that's a real, um, that's part of the responsibility of the NCA to make sure that every athlete who qualifies can compete in the championship. So that's not what I'm talking about. That kind of thoughtful decision-making, I, I do support. But boycotts are rarely well thought out. 
They are often incredibly imperfect. And I look at what's going on with Major League Baseball and the All-Star Game in Georgia. And Georgia passed uh, a law that I, well, I don't have to explain it to you. You know, the voting law in Georgia. Um, a lot of people don't like it. And very quickly, people started pointing to Major League Baseball's All-Star Game in Georgia. And at the same time that, that people in Georgia, some of whom were the most adamant that this law was bad, Stacey Abrams, Senator John Ossoff, at the same time they were saying, don't move your event out of Georgia, you had the chorus of people outside of Georgia screaming, you got to leave. And the reason that John Ossoff and Stacey Abrams didn't want the All-Star Game to, to move was because they knew who was going to be hurt and who who has been hurt the most by uh, the, the All-Star Game moving out of Georgia. It is black business owners, uh, local business owners, and the... And the, the, the Major League Baseball moved the game from a city that's about half black to a city that's less than 10% black. Gosh, it, that doesn't look or sound like a really well thought out plan. I'm a big fan of going to these events and using them as demonstrations. And, and at the end of the day... That's probably what Major League Baseball was trying to avoid. They knew that this was going to be a political football, uh, and they just wanted to avoid it all. That's the reports anyway. But at the end of the day, the, the people who were the most hurt were some of the very people that others were saying they wanted to help by leaving Georgia. Uh, and and again, and then they picked a, a place that has very similar voting laws um, in a lot of respects to Georgia. So it's just it, 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 it's just kind of an imperfect mess. And, and I understand Major League Baseball not wanting to become a political quote unquote football for people. But I would have much rather the baseball game stay in Georgia and we use it to talk about all of these things. Uh, when the final four was being held in Indianapolis, I believe it was 2014, Mike Pence had about two weeks before the final four, the men's final four, had signed a law that essentially legalized discrimination against LGBTQ people. And the beauty of it was that it was just a couple weeks before the men's final four. And I remember people asking me, are you still going? And I said, absolutely, I'm still going. And not only did I go, I went out and found a bright pink jacket, uh, a, a blazer. And I wore that pink jacket, and I believe it was a pink tie, maybe it was a purple tie, to the games. I, I said, I, I am going to do what I preach. I'm going to use this opportunity to be visible. And it was amazing. The, the way that the people in Indianapolis turned out, uh, there were rainbow flags everywhere. Every waiter or waitress had a rainbow pin on. I mean, it was, it was incredible 
the, the, the opportunity of having the event there amidst a very important conversation about how we were going to treat legally treat LGBTQ people in discrimination. And I, for me, that is that, that that's what I think is is more beneficial than just you know pulling out of places. People point to um, you know North Carolina. So a few years ago, North Carolina created uh, what we call the bathroom bill. That is, you know, a trans girl could not use a girl's restroom. And the NCA said, okay, they, they kind of followed their policy. They were, well, if a trans girl can't use a girl's locker room, then, then we think that is an unsafe environment we're pulling out. So again, somewhat consistent with what I said earlier. I suppose that they could have, you know, used a separate restroom, but understandable uh, why they did that. And the NBA did the same thing. The NBA pulled its all-star game uh, um, out of, of the state. Uh, and people say, oh, you know, it was a, like, look what, what they were able to accomplish. Well, what were they able actually able to accomplish? Like two years later, they went racing back to North Carolina, uh, claiming falsely, that the law, the, the very reason that they said they couldn't be there was repealed, that the law was repealed. It, and that was, that was patently, factually false. The law was not repealed. It was replaced by a slightly less problematic law. But this, this, these uh, quote-unquote boycotts and moving events out it, it gave them all an opportunity to pat themselves on the back and we did such a good job and they didn't actually change anything. They, 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 they came up with this storyline that this is, oh no, the law is over. It wasn't over. It, was, it wasn't for a couple more years. I think it was the, the, the courts that finally said, this is, no, we're getting rid of this. So it was just, it was like this opportunity for all these people who, to, to falsely claim Success and it was it was it was just incredibly frustrating. I understand the NCAA like had a had a um, a real reason, you know, thoughts about the safety of of uh, of the tra of their trans athletes, uh, but the NBA just you know racing back to North Carolina after their quote unquote boycott just <laughs> it still pisses me off. Uh, you know what? And I remember last was it twenty fourteen. All this conversation ahead of Sochi, the Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia. And the summer before, Russia had, I think they had strengthened uh, some anti-LGBTQ laws about literature. You, you know, the, you couldn't market homosexuality to kids. And, and they used that law to, to, to go after a lot of people. And I said at the time, we should not be boycotting this event. We should go and we should wear rainbow flags. And I remember Greg Luganis was saying the, th the same exact thing. And Greg knows a thing or two about boycotts. Because in 1980, uh, he had just come off of, in 1976, I think it was a silver medal that he won in Montreal. And he was a favorite to win some gold medals. Uh, you know, one if not two at the Moscow Games. And he got the call a few months before that Jimmy Carter would decided to boycott the Moscow Olympics. 
and Greg hit the, the, the nail on the head as he was talking about that stuff. He said, the people who get punished by an Olympic boycott is not the host city. It is the athletes. Those are the people who get hurt the most. Now, there's a conversation to be had about where you select to host. Uh, but, you know, to, to try to tell American athletes that you can't go to the Olympic Games, something you've been training for all of these years, aiming for, um, because uh, politicians don't like something that the host nation has done. It's just, to me, it is a misdirected punishment. Because at the end of the day, those Olympics were going to continue to go on in Sochi and nothing was going to change that. My issue with what happened in Sochi is what athletes didn't do. You know, oh, they said, oh, this is terrible. This shouldn't happen. And then they went there and nobody wore a rainbow flag. Nobody talked about LGBTQ issues. Nobody talked about the laws that were being passed in Sochi. Everybody went radio silent about it. And so, you know, it would have been amazing, like me in my pink jacket and going and talking to everybody I possibly could, hosting a, a panel discussion with the You Can Play Project in Indianapolis about gay athletes. It would have been amazing to do that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I understand that there was a, a you know, you, <laughs> I don't think they would have allowed panel discussions in Sochi on LGBTQ issues, but the athletes and the people in the media could have done a lot more and it just got kind of buried. And it was a real missed opportunity with Sochi. As we look ahead to the next couple of Olympics, these are the ones that are, you know, that they're in the next crosshairs. It seems like every Olympics, somebody wants to boycott. With Tokyo, and not a lot of people are talking about the boycotting the Tokyo Games, but Tokyo has major LGBTQ rights issues. There are, there are virtually no LGBTQ rights in Japan. And what's interesting is that nobody's really making a big deal about that. Everybody's pretty quiet about boycotting Tokyo for whatever reason, because Tokyo is a political, generally considered a political ally of the United States, and China is not. For whatever reason, uh, we've decided that the LGBTQ issues in Japan, that's okay, we're going to tolerate that and not really talk about that. That's fine. That's fine. That, that, that doesn't rise to the level of a boycott. China, China does for a lot of people. And you can understand why. The human rights violations going on in China and that have been going on in China for a, a century are massive. The re re reports of genocide, uh, the, these, these things are not new. And you really have to look at the International Olympic Committee uh, and their process of going about selecting a host city. One of the issues is that not a lot of cities are able to host an Olympic Games. For the 2022 Games, there were only three finalists to host. And that was Norway, which, you know, generally considered to have pretty good uh, human rights. Um, they pulled out. <laughs> Norway said, we're out. 
Because guess what? It costs a lot of money to host an Olympic Games, and a lot of countries don't want to do it. The other two remaining countries were Kazakhstan and China. Two the, uh, 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 abysmal on, on human rights issues. Abysmal. So the International Olympic Committee didn't have great options. And I suppose they could have just decided not to host the 2022 Olympic Games, but that's, that's just not going to happen. So the United States could decide, and its allies could decide, well, you know, we don't like the decision that you made, and we're not going. But again, who does that hurt? Does that actually, is China going to now say, oh, um, oh, well, the United States isn't coming to the Olympic Games, uh, so we're just, we're just going to change our system of government and we're going to have free and open democracy. No, that's not happening. And I would give these calls for boycott more credence if people in their personal lives lived by them. But every single one of us has televisions, shoes, clothes, furniture, all kinds of things in our house that are made in China. And it, it's, it's really easy to sit in our living rooms and yell at the TV and demand, you know, the human rights violations. You know, we shouldn't be going to China. We shouldn't be giving China this worldwide platform um, and, and, and validating what they're doing when we're sitting on a chair that is literally exactly what is supporting the system in China that we're claiming needs to be boycotted. So it, I, I, again, I imagine that there are a handful of people out there who look, look for made in the USA every single time they buy anything. But if you're buying stuff on Amazon, that's not you. And, and, and that's reality. I, I, there's just a, a real inconsistency of people who are calling for these boycotts, for the most part, right? Not everybody, but for the most part, people aren't actually living in their own lives what they, they think should be happening. And, and I don't know, t to me, boycotting the Olympic Games is, is like letting politicians off the hook as though their failure at diplomacy should uh, somehow be put on the backs of this 22-year-old athlete uh, who, again, has been busting her butt for years, aiming for this one moment in time when, when, when she can shine and, and, and reach her aspirations. I think of Connor McDermott Mustoe, the gay speed skater who was on our podcast about a month ago. And what a, what, a, what a great opportunity for this kid to put on Team USA uniform, which he already does, but to wear it in China as an openly gay athlete representing the United States. The power that that can have is amazing. What, what, an, incredible, what an incredible opportunity. And to really elevate this kid, Gus Kenworthy, another uh, gay athlete, could be in Beijing representing Team Great Britain. So, you know, again, these opportunities to go to China and be an example for the world as an out LGBTQ athlete, 
I just think that's an opportunity missed if we just pack up and leave China. Because, and again, at the end of the day, an American boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics isn't going to change anything. If it did, if it was, if 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 I was convinced that the United States not participating in the Beijing Winter Olympics in 2022 was going to actually change something, I, I you know, the, the 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 sacrifices that some some people need to make would be worth it. But it's not going to change anything. All it would do is create even more animosity between uh, two adversarial governments. And I don't think it would help uh, a darn thing. So, you know, kind of to recap, there are moments when boycotts do make sense. There are moments when boycotts, and we talked about this, uh, the NCAA uh, not awarding championships to states that ban trans athletes from competing as their gender that's a real important policy decision that the NCA is making. But, you know, throwing up our hands and, and walking away from problems instead of engaging with them, I, I'm not for that. I, I would rather put on my pink jacket and go to Mike Pence's Indianapolis and be present. I'd rather Connor McDermott Mustoe put on that Team USA and go to China and and be visible and, and i know i've talked to um dave Zirin about this many times dave just thinks the olympics just 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 dismantled the entire system it's, it's 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 an imperfect system but unfortunately it's the one we have and we can keep using the olympic games to talk about these kinds of issues and and use them to highlight these issues go to beijing and nbc should be doing daily reports on human rights issues in China. Use it as an opportunity to talk about these very issues. So anyhow, that is my, that's my conversation this week. Um, it, uh, I, 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 again, I think about Connor and Gus not being able to compete in the Olympic Games. Uh, and I just think that it's gonna be a lot better for them to go there and be there uh, and, and, and be visible. Thank you again for listening and we'll come on back next week with another conversation.